Well, my associate, uh, Pastor Crockett, is in Africa at the moment. And before he preaches, he always says, uh, good morning. Good morning. So uh, I'm learning from him. Uh, well, uh, today, uh, this morning, I am the, uh, on the entree. Uh, the main course is down here. Brother, Brother Collins, the dessert tonight, obviously. So, uh, Brother Collins, the dessert down uh, this, this evening. So, uh, you must come along for the dessert tonight as well. Being the first cab off the rank, uh, I thought uh, I would take the privilege of using the key verse uh, of, the, of the conference for my, my message today. So, Psalm 145, if you'd like to turn there. I guess my idea is just to open up uh, the theme for us of uh, Great is the Lord. So I'll just read Psalm 145 and just a few verses. Psalm 145 and verses 1 uh, to 3. I will extol thee, my God, O King, and I bless thy name forever and ever. Every day will I bless thee, <coughs> and I will praise thy name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. We'll ask the Lord to bless our time in his word. Heavenly Father, we do uh, truly thank you for the privilege of being here today. I thank you for the Clarence Valley Baptist Church. I thank you for the testimony they have here for Pastor Davies and his family. Thank you, Lord, for our brothers and sisters who've come from so far and wide uh, to be here. We pray, Lord, as we come that you might use this this time to draw us closer to yourself. Help us, Lord, to appreciate uh, what a great God we have. We want to commit uh, the preaching of the message today to you in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't think that's me making that noise. <coughs> it's those fellas in there that are giving me a hard time. I, I don't know what I did to them, but... Uh, Will I continue? <coughs> I have, I'm sure you won't mind. Most of us have probably uh, become familiar, whether we like it or not, and I heard it again this morning on the news, uh, we've become familiar with the, the catch cry, Allah Akbar. Uh, it's the cry that is made before and after some hideous crime is committed by uh, a Muslim fanatic. Allah Akbar simply means God is great, or God is greater, or greatest. And in our modern times, the God of Islam has indeed become great in our eyes. He's become a great murderer. Uh, he appears to be great in terror and causing war even among the same people, uh, the people of the same religion and of the same ethnic background. Wherever in the world Allah is worshipped, there is warfare and strife and the suffering that goes with them. So I'm glad to be able to say that their God is not our God. Our God is the true God, and he too is great, but he's great in completely different ways. David wrote Psalm 145 to express the greatness of God and his praise for God. And I guess uh, verse 3 is the key verse for the, for the psalm, and it's really the key verse for our conference this weekend. Uh, verse 3, great is the Lord, 
and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. David wanted us to know that his God, our God, is a great God, and that his greatness is unsearchable. It can't be measured. And because uh, his greatness is unsearchable, he is to be greatly praised. He's not worthy just of a, an odd praise or two, or some praise, but he is to be greatly praised. Uh, indeed, this psalm is packed with two things, uh, the greatness of God and the praise of God. And I want to share just a few thoughts from this passage today on the greatness of God and the praise of God. Now, before I look at some of the verses, I want us to just, uh, I want to just show you a few things about the psalm, some facts about the psalm. Firstly, the title of the psalm. In the title, David advertised his theme for the psalm, David's Psalm of Praise. So if you're ever down in the dumps and you're wondering what to praise God about, then all you have to do is turn up to Psalm 145 and you'll find something to praise God for. In fact, there's no intercession in this psalm. David doesn't ask for anything. Uh, there's no complaint in this psalm. It's just pure praise. Uh, this is obvious by David's use of different words to express praise. They include the words to extol, uh, to bless, uh, to talk about God's praise. Now, it's like David has pulled out every word in the Hebrew dictionary to express praise and he's, he's packed it into this little psalm. Spurgeon considered this psalm as David's crown jewel of praise. He said we should use this psalm as a model for our praise of God. And I have to agree, we can learn something about praising God from this psalm. So firstly, Psalm 145 is a psalm of praise. But it's also an alphabetical psalm. First, if you, you can't tell that in English, but if you looked in your Hebrew Bible, if you'd just like to open it up, you've got that, have you? No, probably not. It probably wouldn't, it probably wouldn't help you to look it up anyway, but the first verse starts with Aleph, the second verse starts with Beth, the third verse starts with Gimel, and the fourth verse starts with Daleth, and that's as far as I can go on the Hebrew alphabet. But you get the drift. It's like A, B, C, D. Uh, <clears throat> And, and so it's, uh, it's an alphabetical psalm. Now, you might be clever and know that uh, the Hebrew alphabet has 22 uh, uh, letters in it. And this has only got 21 verses. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, the psalm's only got 21 verses. <coughs> and so David left out uh, the letter Nun, N-U-N. <coughs> it's like our N. Uh, and so he left that one out for some reason or not. I don't know whether he had something against an N. Uh, but... Uh, Perhaps he, uh, it's been suggested that he wanted to have this psalm in three equal parts, three equal parts of praise, three verses of seven, three, three groups of seven verses. Uh, but we really don't know why he left out the end, but it's, it's an alphabetical psalm. This psalm is pure poetry. So this is the psalm of praise, and it's an alphabetical psalm. Now in the first seven verses, we read what I've called David's uh, commitment to praise. Let me read verses 1 and 2 again. I will extol thee, my God, O King, and I will bless thy name forever and ever. Every day will I bless thee, and I will praise thy name forever and ever. David spoke to God, to God. He spoke to God in these verses, 
And in fact, he speaks to God right up to verse 16. It's like we've been allowed to listen in to David's conversation with God. David refers to to the Lord here as his personal God. He, He calls him my God. I will extol thee, my God. And he refers to him as his king. And so King David's king is God. And here David pledges to extol his God. I will extol thee, my God, O king. Now the word extol means to to lift up uh, so as to set God on high. Uh, David wasn't praising an equal, but he was praising the one that is higher than I. David also committed himself to bless him forever. I will bless thy name forever and ever. This is his commitment to praise. Uh, The Hebrew word bless comes from the word to kneel. So to bless the name of God is an act of adoration. It's an act of worship. It's praising with a bended knee. This is like what Paul said of the Lord Jesus Christ. One day at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God. But we don't have to wait until that future day to bend the knee in praise. We don't have to wait till that future day. We can do that now. We can praise our Lord Jesus Christ, King Jesus. We can do it even now. And so we should. So David's praise was a personal act of worship. And so must ours be. Uh, I was thinking it's, it's nice to have corporate praise. It's good to come to, to, uh, to, to the church services, to the meetings. And we can sing and worship uh, together, worship the Lord together. But we really need to take time, each one of us who know him, we need to take time for personal praise. When we personally tell the Lord, we extol and praise his name. When did you last, just you and him, talking to the Lord, just tell him uh, how great he is, uh, praise and extol him personally? David's praise was also daily. It was a daily praise. He says, every day will I bless thee. And so we should learn every single day to bless, to praise the Lord. I always start my personal prayer time with praise. I don't rush into the, uh, you know, asking for God's forgiveness for all my sins or the confession. I always start my personal praise, uh, prayers with praise for God. It should be a daily praise. We should praise God in our daily prayer time, but not just then. We should be ready to praise him Whenever we see his hand of blessing in our daily life, we, we should be able to say, no matter who's listening, we should be able to say, praise the Lord. Uh, I p- picked up Pastor Zuf last night from the, air, uh, from the airport and we spent the night, uh, the evening, had a meal together and, and the car trip and I think he said, praise the Lord a hundred times. I don't think he even knows he's saying it. But it, that's personal praise. He's, when he sees the, the hand of the Lord working in his life, he's ready to, it doesn't matter who's listening, he's ready to praise the Lord. And that's what I think it means. To every day I will bless thee and praise thy name. We ought to be willing to say aloud, praise the Lord, no matter who's listening. In these first two verses, David told his God he was committed to his praise. And have he done that? David broke off from, the, broke off from speaking in the first person after speaking in the third person. It's like uh, having, you know, pledged his praise to the Lord. Uh, that, that seems to have prompted him to tell us why. 
What was it about the Lord that elicited David's praise? Well, he goes on to speak about the Lord in verse 3. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised and his greatness is unsearchable. David shows us here who his God and King was. His God was the Lord. Capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. You know that's the the English uh, translation of the word Jehovah, the God of Israel. And you know for us today, uh, Jehovah is Jesus. Uh, Jesus is our Jehovah. He is our God and he is our King. And the reason David was ready to praise the Lord was because the Lord is great. It's that simple. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And uh, it's not just, uh, it's just not a little, he's not just a little bit great. He, he is mega great. Did you know that mega is a, is, is a Bible word? Uh, in the Greek, the word great, mega. It's, a, it's, it's straight out of the Greek, uh, mega. And so our God is not just a little bit great, he is mega great. You know, there are some things in life that are just okay. Uh, there are some things that are good and there are some things that are very good. But great is more than, the more, great is more than, than, than them all. And that is the Lord. He is mega great. And he deserves mega praise. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. David praised the Lord every day because he was great. And then he wanted to tell us how he was great. How was God great? Now every verse uh, on the rest of the psalm um, is a whole message in itself. You could take just one verse and do a whole message from that and I'm not going to do that today. But I've loosely divided the verses into four great things about God uh, that David wanted to praise him for. And some of these things overlap, but it laps, so I've just sort of, sort of put them together in four. In four just things about God, four great things about God. Firstly, I want us to see his great position. And this is found in a number of verses in our psalm. In verse 1, we've already seen David referred to God as his king. And that places uh, God in the position of majesty or in a position of honour. We who uh, have a queen, some of us like to have a queen, some of us don't like to have a queen. Whether we like it or not, we still have a queen. We call her Her Majesty. We call her a majesty. We call her Her Highness because she is in an exalted position. In verses 11 to 13, let's read these verses. We read of his great position. They that speak of the glory of thy kingdom and talk of thy power to make known to the sons of men his mighty acts and the glorious majesty of his kingdom. Thy kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and thy dominion endureth throughout all generations. Here we read of the glory and the majesty of God's kingdom. And if there's a kingdom, there's a king. And he's the king. This points us to the sovereignty of God over all the earth. He is king over all and his kingdom is everlasting. And that's simply because he is everlasting. He is without beginning and he is without end. And this puts our Lord Jesus Christ firmly in the picture. He is the king. He is our God, our sovereign God. In Revelation 21.6 we read, And he said unto me, it is done, this is Jesus speaking, I am Alpha and Omega. The beginning and the end. You know, we should praise God for his great position as Lord and King. He is sovereign over all. But David also praised God for his great power. Have a look in, verse, uh, in verses 4 to 6. One generation shall praise, praise thy works to another, 
and shall declare thy mighty acts. I will speak of the glorious honour of thy majesty and of thy wondrous works. And men shall speak of the, of the might of thy terrible acts and I will declare thy greatness. Here we read of, of the mighty acts, the wondrous works of God. And David wanted each generation to teach the next generation to praise the Lord for the mighty acts of God, to declare the works of God to each new generation. And so we who are parents, uh, it's our duty to tell our children about the mighty acts of God. Don't leave it to the Sunday school teacher. Don't leave it to the pastor. It's your responsibility to, 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 to declare the mighty acts, the mighty works of God to your children. Our children need to hear our praise for the works of God. I like the, the God's act of creating the world. I like God's act of sustaining creation, his act of redemption in sending his son to die. Our children, our children need to hear that Jesus died for us and rose again from the dead. They need to hear it from our lips. They need to hear our praise for the works of men from our lips in the hope that they too will praise God for his mighty acts. In these verses, David said he would speak of the wondrous works of God. That's verse 5. While others would speak of the terrible acts. That's a terrible word, terrible, isn't it? Uh, but really this simply means acts or actions of God that provoke fear, that cause us to fear God. These are the acts of God that should cause people to Fear him like the ten plagues of Egypt. It really got uh, Pharaoh's knees knocking, didn't it? <laughs> and he said, get, the, get out get out of here before we, everything's gone. Uh, that, uh, that's a, that were terrible acts of God. Uh, or like the destruction of Pharaoh's army, we go right through the scriptures, God has done some terrible acts to, to help us to know that we, he's a God that we need to fear with godly reverence. To honour him, and not to blaspheme his name, to honour him and bless his name because of who he is. David's response to God's wondrous works was to, was to declare God's greatness, the greatness of his power. And so the Lord is great in position and is great in his power. But David also prayed God, praised God for his person. Have a look in verse 7 to 10. They shall abundantly utter the memory of thy great goodness, and shall sing of thy righteousness. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and of great mercy. The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works. All thy works shall praise thee, O Lord, and thy saints shall bless thee. In verse 7 it says, They shall abundantly, that they are the men of verse 6, the men who have witnessed his mighty acts, those who have been taught about God's mighty acts. They... They shall abundantly utter the memory of thy great goodness. They'll be so filled with the, God's praise uh, for, his, uh, for the things that he's done, they will abundantly utter God's goodness. They will burst out in praise and sing his, of his righteousness. And that's because they'll remember his goodness to them. And of course, in the case of Israel, there's absolutely no doubt we haven't on record in the scriptures that God was always good to Israel. God always saved his people many times over and over again. Uh, God was good and saved his people. 
They will realise that God is, is righteous and holy in all his works. Have a look in verse 17. Uh, he says, The Lord is righteous in all his ways and holy in all his works. Our God is a good God and a righteous God. That's, that's his person. That's who he is. And this is something we must never forget, especially when uh, uh, things don't seem to be going our way. We must remember that he is, is all the good things mentioned uh, in this, this psalm. He is gracious, he's full of compassion, he's slow to anger, he's of great, uh, great mercy. When, when th- things uh, seem to be getting tough, we need to remember who he is, that he is all those things. This is his character, this is his essence. He is gracious, full of compassion and all those things and he is good to all and his tender mercies are over all his works. We mustn't forget that when we're going through those hard times. And the right response to his gracious person is to praise and bless him. Because when we forget his goodness, uh, when we fail to praise him, we will inevitably fall. Just flip over to Psalm 106. Psalm 106, uh, we see in the testimony of the children of Israel how often they fell into this same, same thing. Psalm 106, verse 8. We have sinned with our fathers. We have committed iniquity. We have done wickedly. Oh, sorry, uh, Psalm 106, verse 8. Uh, Nevertheless, he saved them for his name's sake, that he might make his mighty power to be known. He rebuked the sea also, and also it was dried up. So he led them through the depths and through the wilderness, and he saved them from the hand of him that hated them and redeemed them from the hand of the enemy. And the waters covered their enemies, uh, there was not one that, uh, of them left. They believed. Uh, they they believe, then believed though his words. Uh, they sang his praise. And so th- there was a time when the people were, saw God's uh, mighty acts and how God had saved them. And once again they believed him. And once again uh, they praised him. But then the very next verse says, They soon forgot his works. They waited not for his counsel. And that's when they went down that slippery slope uh, where they'd go down to all sorts of uh, terrible acts and uh, brought upon themselves the, the judgment of God. When we forget to praise the Lord, even despite the troubles, when we forget to praise the Lord, that is when we fall. God is great in his position, in his power, and in his person. There's one more category of God's greatness David praised God for. And we go over to Psalm 145 again, just verses 14 to 20. This is large slab of the psalm verse 14 the Lord upholdeth all that fall and raiseth up all that he be bowed down the eyes of all that wait upon thee and thou givest them of their meat in due season thou openest thine hand and satisfiest the desire of every living thing the Lord is righteous in his ways and holy in all his works the Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him to all that call upon him in truth he will fulfill his desire of, of them that fear him. He will also hear the cry and will save them. The Lord preserveth all them that love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. Now, there are too many verses here to comment on these verses. Um, what Paul, uh, sorry, uh, David brings up in these verses. Too much. I don't have time to comment on all these verses. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, but these verses really tell us about the great provision God has made for us. Most of us sometime in our lives have been 
in one or more position of the, the people that are mentioned here. We have fallen. It mentions those who have fallen. We've fallen into sin or we've fallen into despair or we've been bowed down. The, that's another group that is mentioned. We've been bowed down by some trial or by some care. Uh, perhaps we've desired good things and sought for satisfaction and not found them. Perhaps at those times uh, we doubted the Lord and we thought he didn't care. Man, as a pastor, I've had to sit with many people who have been going through some trial of life and it's, it's almost like they're blaming God for it. And I say to those people, this is not a good time to turn your back on the Lord. This is the time you need to get close. This is when you need him the most. We see we, we must always remember, we must never doubt the Lord. Uh, we must never think that he doesn't care. We must remember that in all that he does, God is righteous and holy. He will always do right for those who call upon him and love him. This is the gracious provision of God and we must never forget it. Spurgeon put it this way. He's always got the words for things. He said, read these verses in connection with the preceding and admire the unexpected contrast. He who reigns in glorious majesty yet condescends to lift up and hold those who are apt to fall. What a condescension. All those great things about God and yet he's willing to, to reach down to just us, we little puny people, and pick us up when we fall or to give us the things that we desire. What a gracious and condescending God. For all those who call upon him in truth, there is strength. For those who wait on him, he provides in season when the timing is just right. And he preserves those who love him, but destroys the wicked. So in the light of God's great position and his power and his person and his provision, we should all follow David's example in verse 21. My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord. Let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. Friends, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And we would be ungrateful and we would be foolish if we didn't praise him every day. The God of Islam isn't a real God. And he certainly isn't great. But our God is real. And his greatness is unsearchable. I don't know if you've ever been to the opera. I've been to a few operas uh, in the last couple of years and I don't really know, I think I understand what's going on. It's all in German or Italian, uh, but uh, I've been to a few operas. An opera is supposed to be the, the pinnacle of musicality. Uh, the singers have trained for, for many years and, uh, and, and because of that, the sopranos can take us up, up to amazing heights and, and the bass can take us down to the, the deepest places. But there's one thing I've noticed about opera audiences. Uh, it's quite distinct. When the opera finishes, it's all over, they start to clap. <laughs> they don't stop clapping. I stop and then they still go. <laughs> we keep clapping. And so the curtains open up and out come all the singers and one by one and they start clapping further. And, they clap, and if there's one singer they like more, they just clap them more. And, uh, and then uh, when that, uh, they've all gone back and the curtains have gone, uh, gone uh, down again, they, they keep clapping, they don't stop until eventually all the, <laughs> all the singers come out again and they all do another bow and then by that time all the, the audience is standing up and they're clapping and they go, bravo, bravo! 
those opera audiences know how to show their appreciation for the skill and the blessing of those opera singers. And I think we can learn something from them. We have a God who is far greater than any opera singer. And we ought to be able to know how to praise him. Psalm 47 verse 1 says, Clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. We ought to be able to sing praise, to greatly praise God. Why? Because he is great. And over this weekend, uh, we who are in the pulpit are going to try to just impress upon all of our hearts just how great God is so we might appreciate him for that greatness. Let's, uh, let's close in a word of prayer. Father, we do thank you so much for the privilege of knowing you. Uh, Lord, I'm so glad that someone didn't tell me that Allah was God, because he's not. I thank you that my faithful prayer parents, uh, they taught me to praise you, told me about your mighty acts. Uh, that generation, my folks, uh, have done that so that I might praise you. And Thank you for the privilege of knowing you and being able to praise you for who you are. And Lord, there's not enough words. There's not, I don't have the vocabulary. I don't have the mind to be able to express how great you are. But Lord, we get the, we get the picture from this psalm. I pray that you would help us, whatever we're going through at the moment in our lives, whatever what's happening in our lives, I pray that whatever's happening, we would not lose sight of how great you are and we would never lose, that we would never stop praising you for it. And we pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen.